Thanks for tuning in to the Athletic Scholarship Corporation Radio Network. Heard worldwide on www.athleticscholarshipcorp.com. Your source for college recruiting help, training advice, motivation, and more from pro athletes, coaches, celebrities, and entrepreneurs worldwide. Pass on Watson. We'll see how that works out. AJ Hodell, CEO and founder of Athletic Scholarship Corporation. To my far right, my friend, business partner, attorney, comedian, funny as heck. For real. Funny. Michael Chiselka. And in the middle, saved by the bell, former NFL, mm. still a legend, Mr. Bob Golick. Let's save by the bell get top billing. Because down. it's <clears throat> awesome. When you work with Slater and was it the same Screech? Screech. Oh, boy. Guys, beyondair.com studio out of beautiful Cleveland, Ohio. Appreciate the be use of the facility. Beyondair.com. Like, that's like simple. Yes. Beyondair.com. Be so, Bob, a little background. I mean, I know you've probably been asked this hundred times. I know your your bio, but if you want to share share the real you with the audience, it'd be awesome. Okay. Your background. It's exactly what my, what did look it up? Wikipedia. It's on Google. It's on Wikipedia. Look it up. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't looked at it re- re- lately on, uh, on Wikipedia. Every once in a while, somebody adds something in that that is unflattering. I added something this morning. Did you really? Yes. You yes. son of a gun. Did you that I was going to be here? Yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you, everybody knows you're going to be here. Really yeah. Glad you, you were here. You found the place. But yeah, you know what? I actually pulled out front, and I was sitting out front, and I tried to text you, and you were busy, busy a little bit. And then I saw. So I came around the corner. I saw cars, and I went. At least there's cars. And you saw the Lamborghini and, and you figured it was Michael, right? <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah but but who's, who's Bentley is that? I mean, that thing was sweet. Whose is that? Yours? <clears throat> Probably. No. Nice ride. <laughs> All right, so. Oh, yeah, so anyway. Notre Dame. Uh, Notre Dame. Legendary well, I family. Started here, I started here in Cleveland. St. Ed's. St. Right? You bastard. St. <laughs> <Saint> Joe's. St. <laughs> Joe's. Place. <clears throat> that was our... That was back in the old Crown Conference when you had you had St. Joe's, St. Ed's, uh, Cathedral Latin, Chanel, and Padua, and we were the they called it the Crown Conference. It was all a bunch of private schools, mm-hmm. and we I don't want to say we dominated high school football, but we were significantly leaders. We were very good teams, and and so Ed's and Joe's were pretty much the and that's how, when I started kind of battling against Tom Kuzno. That was your Ed's. <clears throat> He was Ed's. I was Joe's. Yep. Oh. And it was, it was, yeah, it was a great time. Then we've got, like I said, we got into wrestling, and uh, and then it was me and Kuzno, and you know, in the football, I played guard and on offense. I played uh, linebacker and defense. So on offense, I actually had to go and block him, mm. which was easy. Very easy. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, you're not listening, are you? No, I'm just kidding. So. Uh, <clears throat> Really, the, the staple, we're going to go off the path because I never say structured. I was never structured in my life. That's okay. So, um, I, really, the platform of our show, and, and it goes out as advice to student athletes and parents that are mm-hmm. dealing with that college to high, high school to college recruiting process. And one of the biggest questions I always get is should you play one sport? Should you be a specialty guy? And, and obviously, you dominate wrestling, football. Yeah. Went to Notre Dame. You got a, Your family has a history there. Yeah. Um, and I know Me, that, I was the first one there. Yeah, right, and, and, and we're not going to talk about Mike Golick. That's off limits. Yeah, we're not talking about him. 
he doesn't answer me when I message him. Really? So, no. Really? No, and he no. can't grow a beard either. So, <laughs> so um, what's your advice? And, and I know a lot of people say, well, things change, times are different. Yeah, technology, there's mm -hmm. a lot of ways to market yourself. I think it's actually even harder than when you went through it and I went through it because you didn't have so many distractions. So the coaches didn't have options, so many options because right. the process was so tough. You know, having your own, let's say you got a high school son right now, would your advice be to your own son specialize in one sport no. or play multiple? No, I hate the idea of specialization. It goes, you know what it goes to? It goes to the, to the, the issue of overwhelming the kid in one direction. At this point, you're taking the enjoyment out of the kid and just and saying, listen, whether you like it or not, this is all you're going to do. Um, <clears throat> when my daughter was at uh, Menor High School, she played volleyball, she played basketball, and loved playing, mm -hmm. and uh, but got kind of pushed in one direction because, again, these this these days they make it so that seems like to be the norm. Mm -hmm. Um, I actually went to uh, to a couple of high schools, Solon High School. By the way, I don't know if you saw that game last night, but that was good against uh, Menor. But um, they had uh, I, Solon, a couple other ones where I'd go in and talk to some of the linemen because they knew these linemen were had wrestling backgrounds, mm -hmm. and they also felt like because of the way that an alignment works in close, hand fighting, leverage, balance, all that stuff, that wrestling is the perfect thing for them. because that's what I did back in the day. I wrestled in high school. I wrestled in college, too. And, um, and so I, I, you know, I would go in and speak to the parents and to the kids and say, listen, if, you're, if you like wrestling, do it. So, so at least at Solon High School, uh, especially, they were, trying to, they were trying to get some of the linemen to get out there and do the additional stuff. But uh, it, ultimately, it, I think it comes down to you're in high school. Let the kids do what they want to do. And if it's multiple, if it's multiple sports, let it be multiple sports. It's not going to change anything. Yeah, because you don't get the opportunity when you get to college. It's just so demanding now. And yeah, uh, you know, I mean, obviously you have the gins and guys that run track and do football, but it's very limited. And, and, plus, and plus, guys want to get out of college. I mean, as quick as possible to get go pro. Yeah, and make yeah. the real money. You know, it used to be. I used to say, hey, you know, if, if you if you're even if you're playing well, get your four years in because you know football's not going to last forever. You know, you only get a couple of years, and then you're going to have to get a real job. And now, I just go <laughs> ignore that because now if you get a couple of years in, if you handle your money fairly well then you yeah. should be okay for, for quite a bit. Yeah, and we're going to talk about that in a minute with Michael. I mean, obviously, Michael, the, the application to specialization in, in the legal film and or legal field, you have to kind of leave a little bit more specialized, obviously. Well, whether it's physical development or mental development, mm -hmm. you're at that critical age from 12 to 16. Right. Where the more you're exposed to, the more you might tap into what their true talents mm -hmm. are. Yeah, I mean, when you train differently for wrestling or football, the coordination and development and what they're truly, what their passion is, the parents should be looking to see what comes out of the kid rather than mm -hmm. projecting their wishes onto them. Don't right. You think? Uh, well, I think so. I think when you, and again, when you're talking high school kids, you're talking, uh, why would you pigeonhole them? Why, don't, mm -hmm. why would you, why wouldn't you let them, if, if you're, if your kid wants to run track and he's a receiver, why wouldn't you do that? I mean, why wouldn't you let him work on his, his speed is uh, that sort of thing. If he's a if he's a lineman, wrestle, uh, shot put. I don't care. You know something that 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 pushes another part of his physiology because uh, and because because not just mentally but from a physiological standpoint, the more you do, the more 
complete your training becomes. Uh, if you do one thing and one thing alone, you are good for that. But if anything changes, you know, you've, you've, you've got to react differently. And, and I think that uh, the, more, the more you can do, the, that the, we used to say that in the pros, when it was uh, when you're getting towards the end of your career, you know, the more you can do. Right. I tried to learn how to long snap my last couple of years. <laughs> it didn't work. Well, I mean, that's like saying that if you're inclined to want to be a, a lawyer, that's all you should do is read history. Right. Well, no, you expose yourself to literature and science because then you become a more well-rounded. Right. It makes you a better attorney as well. Yeah. I mean, many times when you when you quote Socrates uh, or uh, Nietzsche or something, and the jury sits there and goes. He must, he must be really smart. There you go. <laughs> Whatever works. Whatever works. So both you guys, I'm not a horrible actor. Never tried, never will. You did well, you're acting right now. No, I'm just talking. Have a good time. Yeah. And, and this guy, I, I've watched him on stage. Worked with Sam Kinison, the late great, on tour. Wow. So how much is that comic relief transition into the, the courtroom and, and obviously moving forward working with athletes and... It, the agency. I, w I won't say that there's, I mean, there isn't a direct correlation between the entertaining and being funny in the courtroom, <laughs> but being able to walk out and connect right away with mm -hmm. a, a, an audience or a jury or a number of people, mm -hmm. because people's biggest fear has always been public speaking. Right. So in that respect, the, my time on stage certainly, you know, helps with the courtroom or meeting new families or business and stuff like that. But I mean, it's like it's like cross-training. Exactly. I mean, my, I, I do a radio show during the week, and on Fridays I bring my wife in. And we do, we kind of tw you know, change it around. A lot more women call in, and, and it's kind of cool. And she's been doing it for years and years now. And when she went, when my daughter started doing a Facebook Live thing, and my wife went on to, to help her where she would have to just sit there and talk to a camera and know that there's people out there watching and my wife just in fact she said uh, last week she goes you know she goes if it wasn't for the radio stuff I'd be you know I'd be having a hard time right now but you know because I did the radio now I can I, I feel like I, I can walk into a situation like that and know how to deal with a camera know how to deal with the fact that you're talking to a camera that nobody's really there uh, and be comfortable enough like you're saying, I, I think that, I mean, if you're not comfortable when you're up, uh, right. up there litigating, I, oh. I, I think the jury sees that right away. Plus, the, oh, people always would ask, how do you write your material? For me, it was always a matter of, it just writes itself. I'll give you an example. I've been working on a case where somebody came into my office and they were a victim of identity theft. Mm -hmm. And the first question that popped in my head was, why when somebody steals your identity, don't your bills start going to their house? <laughs> wow. I didn't even think about that. It doesn't happen. There's probably some to do. Those are the stupid, the yeah, stupid right. identity thefts. Let's talk about when you were going through this recruiting process, and, and I know it's different today. I, I consult parents at this 13 years into this. I've seen and heard it all. Yeah. And Michael, ironically, when we were in a meeting last week, we talked about our agency and ethics and not giving out Rolexes to try to get the first round guys and and what happens on Monday FBI cracks down basketball programs millions of dollars right um, obviously the the, the agency is built on organic growth dealing with high school athletes you know when they're in high school 
like the Travis Kelseys, those guys grooming, getting them into college and then helping them thereafter, that's our platform. And, and building a infrastructure of consultants that are the best in tax and marketing and business planning. So you, yeah. those guys have money. I mean, you obviously you weren't paid the, the money they pay these guys today. It's an absorbent amount of money. Yeah. And you've obviously significantly made it, less. You, you've made it work. Mm. The guys right. today blow through it pretty quickly. Yeah. And let's be honest, just because you make millions doesn't change your education, your demographic, right. where, you, where you're from. And it, people it, take advantage, guys. It, it, can, it can affect your, your judgment, though. And you yeah. know, when you're looking and you go, boy, I can buy this car or I can buy this car. Yeah. And a lot of times you buy this car and you put yourself in a little bit of, I mean, when I played, it was, hey, go buy a, you know, a, a sedan or go buy the new Porsche. And at the time, I had just started playing for the Patriots, and I said, you know what, I, I don't, I mean, I'm really going to put myself on the edge if I buy the Porsche. Right. And, uh, and some guys, they don't, they, some guys didn't have or don't have the direction to be able to do that. They, they, you come out of high school and you go, I'm getting everything I've ever wanted. And so, and they, they tell themselves that, that they deserve it now, right. and they go yeah. after it, regardless of where the, their, their money is. Yeah. And when we talked in a, in a meeting, I said, hey, Michael, I'm going to bring on a former FBI and, and private investigator for security detail. He has, you know, guards and investigators, and it sounds crazy. And as we talked about it further, it was like, look at the guys that come into town for drafts or meetings with the Browns, or mm -hmm. you go to, to a hotel in the Bears and a girl sees you, and next thing you know, you're wrapped up in some drama. And, and, and once someone accuses you of something, your stock falls, plummets. Oh, absolutely. And it could be the furthest first thing from the truth. So my envision was, it, with our clients, is we're going to put a security guy with you when you're out in those public scenes because mm -hmm. we need a witness, we need stuff. I mean, it's just a different world today, isn't it? I mean, yeah. totally different. It, 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 well, you see, first off, you see the, the, the players and, you know, the college pro players, I mean, they they're a little bit more away, and maybe that's because from from the fans, and maybe that's because they've been advised to not to, to get too too mingled in. Uh, you know, I t I hear people all the time say, "Yeah, you know, we we rubbed elbows with you literally at the bar. You know, we'd be sitting there getting a beer, and they'd be right next to you." But you know, I I, I think it was a sim a simpler time, uh, a less a less litigious time, mm -hmm. that they're they're just. Nowadays, it's like everybody feels like they can be a victim, whether they are or not, and they want to they want to get something for that. I mean, and you turn around every time, and somebody's being sued for something, uh, or they're trying to figure out if they can sue somebody for something. Plus, before you said you used to rub elbows with fans mm -hmm. in a bar. Now you're on video with friends right. in a bar. Yeah, because yeah. everybody's phone is a camera. There's no mm -hmm. place to hide or have a private meeting you, and you just have to assume that or can't assume right off the bat that everybody's intention that you meet for the first time mm -hmm. is sincere. Isn't it amazing sometimes when some of these guys get themselves in trouble and you realize you say dude everybody's got a camera yeah. and it's like they're they're so focused on trying to have fun that they don't even pay attention to what you know what the inevitability is if you do that and somebody videos it. Right. I mean the people say Facebook, but in my profession, it's more like evidence book. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. <laughs> I mean, you can indict a ham sandwich today. Right. I, I really believe that. I think, and that was the main thing when we deal with these athletes, is how do we protect them and look at long term? Obviously, you get compensated to do a great job, and I think the great job is keeping the public relations, keeping mm -hmm. things clean, 
but making sure they're successful after because the money dries up pretty quick. And yeah. Have you ever fell victim to that? I've dealt with Terry Bradshaw in business and we've talked and, mm -hmm. and he's, I think he invested in a scam, an ostrich egg, um, some crazy stuff. Has anyone ever approached you back in the 80s and said, hey, Bob, I got this great idea, I need a little bit of money? And I mean, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, there was a, um, a thing on athletic shoes that I got involved in and it was, it was a significant, the guy's still in jail, but he had no assets left, so I had no assets left either. Well, not, I was fine, but it was it was one of those things where you you want to get involved, and and again, you even if you you get to the point where like you know what I want to get involved in something so I can have something yeah. afterwards. Yeah. Even then, you got to be careful. Even then, you can't just say, "Hey, I found a great deal. I got to do this, and that way I'll be set up for years afterwards." And you know, I'm I'm really preparing myself for the future, because there are people out there just waiting to to get a hold of you and use you for as much as they can. Do you think the NFL Players Association and and, and Michael and I have knowledge of, you know, the the, the rigorous acceptance and, and what you have to mm -hmm. go through? Do you think they've done a better job protecting athletes? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I I I mean back. Back when I came out of high school, uh, the the guys that the, the schools that, that recruited us were uh, I, just, I remember I remember Michigan State coming, and they uh, the one guy goes uh, Howard I forget his name anyway he goes you know we're talking and they want me to come in and all this and I and one time he stops at the school and he says yeah he goes yeah you know some of these kids you know taking money and cars and stuff and you know it's just what do you think about that Bob. And I'm like, well, I think that you should pick a school based on you know where you want to play and the education and all that. And I found out about two months later that he was indicted on like 30 counts of, of offering cars. At which point I said, God, if I had just said, it's fine. <laughs> I would have had a new car. No, no, not a picture of automatically. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's, and, and, can you pick colors? And, and when I played, it was, you know, great job and here's, here's mm -hmm. money and here's... And, and I remember going in the recruiting process, and there was always females. It was always stay for the weekend, and yeah. and it's just really being Alabama. a mature man now, and a father, and a husband, and yeah. and just being a man. You look back and go, this is really bad because as a young man, I mean, you, your your priorities are backwards. Yeah. And and these coaches continue to do it. Why? Because there's millions of dollars being paid. It's greed. It's I mean, I think the the college players should be paid. The only time. the only school that that did it did that for me was Alabama. I mean, I went in the back, I met uh, Bear Bryant, and uh, when I came back to the front of the office, it was just full of girls. And they're all wearing, uh, you know, red and white, and big red A's on their sweaters, and I'm just like, what's that A stand for? <laughs> um, but they, and they all sat down and sat around and going, oh, you could, I love your accent, say pajamas. Pajamas? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's so sweet. Then they take you around and show you the school. See, end of story. In high school, I was on the debate team. I didn't get a single offer of cars or girls or travel See, to debate. You should have been able to negotiate it, though. That change when you're on a cruise ship and you're a comedian. Wow. That was you later. make a woman laugh, you're, it's, it's an asset. But then you're stuck for the next 10 days. <laughs> Kick it off. Championship moments. For you, what, what what do you look back and say? That's just a, a moment, championship moment. I'm sure you have tons of them. And playing with the Browns and the the good days, it was a good period. 
Yeah. I remember that was good football back then. But yeah. what do you what really sticks out as a championship moment for you? Where you just somebody just reminded me of uh, eighth grade at St. Mary Magdalene High School. A uh, guy came up to me, and usually they say, hey, I, I knew you from high school, I played with you here or there along the way, and the guy comes up and he goes, I played at Holy Family. It was the city championship at Euclid High School in 1971 or something like that, mm -hmm. in uh, six inches of mud. And the guy goes, yeah, we played against each other, and I go, oh my god, I totally forgot that, and we won 6 nothing." so it really kind of brought back that thought, but you know, as far as championships go, you know, you guys know it's it's always you're always battling for that and getting as close as you can. So sometimes, even if you don't win the championship, it's a championship moment. Right. You know, Notre Dame. We we were able to get a national championship in 1977. As a matter of fact, next weekend we're going down there for our some reunion, some anniversary of uh, 1977, and going to hang out and shoot the breeze. But it was. It was really an amazing time. We played against Earl Campbell and all these other great players, and we, they were supposed to just wipe the cotton bowl with us. And, and it turned out, I accidentally said in, in a paper one time, oh, we're going to blow them right out of the stadium. And I got called into the office the next day, and, <laughs> and Dan Devine goes, you can't say things like that. I mean, it's just, it, it inflames the other side, and blah, blah, blah. And then we did it. Mm. So I was right. So you're right. <laughs> got it forecast. Michael, what about you? I mean, I know we try to keep this thing off of sports. You know, I think it's not a sexy topic all the time, recruiting, recruiting, recruiting. But you've had a dynamic run, you know, going from a comedian to an attorney. And so a lot of championship moments in Cuyahoga County, or you have to go to Lake County? Well, <laughs> it's, it's an interesting, as much uh, of a feeling of walking out on stage and having the audience nuts or mm -hmm. it's still just as powerful a moment to walk out and say ladies and gentlemen of the jury I mean when you have that responsibility it, ours may not be you know celebrated in front of but when you do good or right by mm -hmm. you know somebody or I'm a criminal defense attorney mm -hmm. so I have built a reputation of being the guy you call if you didn't do it so I've taken some people to trial that were wrongfully accused of things and when you get a chance to turn around and walk out of the courtroom, that's a championship moment, too, you, especially for them. Can you tell the difference between the, those who, who didn't do it and those who might have, but they're, they deserve representation? Well, I mean, that seems like it would be a, a tough thing. It is, except I, I have no qualms about defending the Constitution right. in every trial okay. and all the state of their burdens. So that's, you know, I don't have a problem with that. But like I said, I've had more than one person come in looks like somebody else uh, identity or the facts turn out to be different I had uh, I won a case one time because they had the uh, snapshot uh, in their car that one of those tracking devices oh, yeah, insurance sure. and it proved that they weren't at the location long enough to be able to do the crime Wow Wow so for him to turn around and walk out and get his life back was yeah, yeah, I felt pretty good about that yeah that's good yeah, and then relentlessly negotiate contracts with NFL owners, NBA owners, that's going to be absolutely fun. You know, but listen to what you guys have been saying over the years about how sports has changed. The old adage of if it sounds too good to be true, it usually isn't mm -hmm. or is too good to be true, that hasn't changed. And that's the same in business, that's the same in sports, that's the same in negotiation. And people that come to my office that have been burned in business or made bad decisions are falling victim to the same kind of things where if they just step back, use a little common sense, 
trust the people they're with, mm -hmm. and you can't beat that. There's no substitute for that. Most of these contracts you see today have so many clauses, outs, and numbers, and mm -hmm. it's money ball everywhere you turn right. on. Statistically, yeah. you'll see guys that you think, well, why did he get that carry? I mean, even look back at Marshawn Lynch on, on the one-yard line, yeah. and a part of me being an analytic and, and knowing the game, I'm like, maybe there's some number that prohibited him from running the ball because yeah. he's got bonuses. That's been, that, that, that's been, and I, I don't know, I mean, it still is an issue, but I mean, compare a, a bonus payment to their salary. Now, back in our day, you know, you could almost double your salary uh, when it came down to, you know, getting a, a bonus. In fact, they used, a lot of times they used incentive bonuses to try and sweeten the pot uh, right. when you are, you know, basically saying to you, Hey, you know what? Uh, you know we know you're good, but if you're really that good, you're going to prove to us by doing this or having this many tackles or whatever. So, and, you know, we'll 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 kick up your thing. And and as a player too, and as a representative of a player, I mean, understandably, you can add those in, but you can't count on those. No, no. I mean, you've got to go and you've got to get the kids uh, whatever they can get legitimately without without these bonuses. The bonuses are are, are supposed to be what they are bonuses. Right. Uh, not part, not considered part of your your salary. Ever get a bounty bonus? Because they're around still. They'll always be around. No, I never, never Saints. got a bounty uh, for. <laughs> but um, we, we, I mean, we did it. An Elway bounty? Never. No, we did a pro. We did a pro bono. Um, <laughs> but that was just because we wanted to. Because you wanted <laughs> yeah. to. Moving back from Cleveland to L.A. Mm -hmm. you were, Michael, you're. Uh, You've been around too, yeah, and you guys are back here in Cleveland. I'm trying to get out. What brought you back? Was it the show was over? And, and no matter where you go, no matter what you do, the wife there's always one home. Mm -hmm. Home is still always home. Yes. Yeah. And as long as you know, if you don't lose the ability, there's always an airport. If you want to travel, if you want mm -hmm. to do, go see something and do something. But it's still nice to come home. I mean, I spent. 25 years in LA and another six in Miami and came back here. It's it's not a bad place to live. Yeah, yeah. it really isn't this part of the world, the country. My oldest had just finished high school out there, and uh, I started to and I started noticing that my dad was getting not just old but a little more frail. Mm -hmm. And I thought, you know, maybe it's a good time. And we kind of wrapped it up and brought the other everybody back. And uh, and it was like the best thing. I mean, raising kids in the in the Midwest, uh, you know, you can say what you want that, that you can raise them anywhere. But uh, I don't know. I just think that there's a, a a nice set of values that that exist here that possibly don't exist out in California. I would agree. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, I, I've been out Midwest to move a little bit for a career opportunity mm -hmm. and. It's different here. I mean, cost of living, and, and yeah, we're back on sports town. I mean, unfortunately, Indians just lost, but we're still a great sports town. And the Browns, I think, may figure it out before we die. I hope. I had that shirt, just one before I die. How has the NFL, the community, alumni, embraced you as a celebrity and, and one of the? No, you're talking about the, the how, how does the NFL or, or maybe just the Browns? I mean, you feel I know I know being a former athlete myself, and there's a brotherhood, and you always have yeah. you know you run into someone you haven't seen in 15 years, and you felt like you were with them yesterday. Yeah. It's just the oddest oh, thing people understand. Yeah, we but. did that last year with the 1986 team reunion, and it was just we hadn't seen so many of these guys, and it was just it was like I mean we were telling lies and stories right. about the old <laughs> days, like it was just <laughs> going out of style, but. 
you know, now the the NFL and teams they they say, oh yeah, veterans, oh alumni, and but they're so they're so geeked on on doing what they're doing now that you know they'll they'll appoint somebody to watch if if the, if some of those alumni call, you take the call, and right now uh, Kevin Mack, mm -hmm. from our day was is the uh, the the liaison, and uh, so it's not that they ignore us, it's not that they are excited to have us around. It's just that we're there. If, we're there if they need us, is what it feels like sometimes. sometimes. But, but then again, I, I mean, you, you might get offended at first because hey, you know, we're the last time we won anything. <laughs> but but the reality is, you know, they've got to, and maybe especially because of that, they've got to focus on what they've got now. They can't really miss. But I've always said that with the way kids are coming out now, it, it probably I feel it would be a better idea to. To bring the the alumni in, to to work with these kids at least for to figure out social situations. You know, um, Jim Brown was uh, just spectacular with that. I mean, I, I see, used to sit him with him at practice sometimes, and you know, he'd see some kid running with his pants hanging down. You know, and and he'd just be like, you know, I'm gonna have to have a talk with him. And when Jim Brown talks, people, people listen. listen. Yeah. So the kneeling and the politics have turned me off. I love football. Yeah. My wife turns on, I'm like, I don't want to watch it. I'm just, I, I, yeah. that's the only time you get a break from reality. And that's what sports bring to the table. And now this, it, it's completely, high school kids are doing it. Mm -hmm. Kids are getting kicked off teams. And, and parents are saying, well, they have a right. And no, don't. I, I mean, it's hard for me to talk politics because I, mm -hmm. I end up cutting my, my business in half because yeah. some people feel strongly. But I think. I've already just, done that. My, my radio you just, show. You just tweeted something, and yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you you got a lot of traction. What did you say, actually? I don't I, know. You know, I don't or do you want to repeat it? I don't remember my last tweet. Uh, CTE. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, my radio show was mostly politics and and non-sports stuff, uh, and I'm I'm more leaning towards the conservative side. So when it comes down to it, you when it comes to kneeling on the sideline for the national anthem. I, I say stand stand up, and when it's over, kneel, or before you do it, kneel. Yeah. And of course, the, the argument is, well, you know, we have we have a uh, we have a, a, an opportunity to to show and to be involved in and in, uh, you know in change. Well, say so yeah, but not during the national anthem. Change before the national anthem or after the national. Yeah. You don't even have to do it on the field. And the thing that frustrates me is that there are still people out there saying we have the constitutional right to do this. And I, as many times as I say, you do not. You do not have That's the constitutional right. You work for employee. somebody. Right. You're in the office, technically. Right. And if he says, don't do this. I mean, most of our contracts have, and I, I don't know what they have now, but they used to be, used to be called conduct detrimental to the team. Yeah. If you did something that made the team look bad, it was, it was right. that vascuous. It still was that just still, still vague. And, and uh, so they left them a lot of wiggle room. Uh, so you know, we, we knew that was there. Um, but there's a lot of people saying, you know, I'm, I'm standing up for what I believe and I have the right to do that. You go right ahead, but you also have the right to suffer the consequences of what your, your boss does to you. Unfortunately for the big picture, the workers that you have, I mean, if you're at a machine shop and some guys decide to walk out, you're closed. Walk out, yeah, you're closed. Um, but if you're a, you know, if you're a football team and one of your star players 
kneels down and you're Jerry Jones right. and said you're not going to play how do you how do you do that I mean you're going to have the you're going to have half the fans hating you because you didn't sit them down you're going to have half of them hating you because you did sit them down you know, do you stick to your guns it's it's a really kind of a sticky situation for them but say I don't I don't want to just see symbolism you want to change the world? Let's see some substance. Mm -hmm. We'll do it in the off season. You don't hear anything exactly. Have it for you know guns and, and marijuana. You have Tuesday, right. you have Tuesdays off. Go out and do something. And on do Tuesday. something on Tuesdays. We used to do that all the time. And here in Cleveland, they should be careful because if they don't start winning pretty soon, they're going to look around and see the fans kneeling during the game <laughs> <laughs> or sleeping. <laughs> they used to say, if you sit close mm -hmm. enough, they'll ask you to play. Right. And and coming back and it's just it's been brutal and it, yeah. it magnifies the losing culture that their, their eyes not on the prize we've got a receiver that drops passes it hasn't caught a ball and he's, yeah. he's dancing around on YouTube and Twitter and, and I remember the Jerry Rice's I met him when I was in college and the work ethic and the discipline and mm -hmm. Perry and you guys just come to Berea and, and train yeah. and I used to go down there and just watch and bask in it and I see a difference in kids today is that there's a kid that's diehard and parents and the high school coach gets real upset and says, you know, that parent's just a pain in the pain mm -hmm. in the tail. And I'm like, no, that's the squeaky wheel that cares about their child's future. You're just yeah. not used to that anymore because the dynamic is you got a kid here and a parent that's zealous and train hard and spend the money on everything, marketing, right. training, all the things you need to do today. And then you got the other parent that just says, Go ahead and sit on your ass and watch YouTube videos yeah. all day. Up to so. up to up to the Levon Levon ball yeah, level. Right. At that point, you've gone a little bit too far. Um, Did you buy a pair of shoes? No. N no. They yeah, were like 900 bucks. Yeah. Are they 900 now? They're like only four. One. Yeah. Oh, did, you yeah get left? Get, did you get left or right? I got right. Some Republicans. Did you get left? Yeah. You are. Like, I, know, well, I, I, I love you, and we know each other for a long time. You still have that um, Bill Clinton picture with you and Bill together? Yes, I do. Uh, you know, do you have that one with, uh, with uh, Harvey? <laughs> no. Um, never mind. No. <laughs> The uh, current event, sorry. So, um, what's your, being a former pro athlete going through Notre Dame, mm -hmm. I mean, it was one of my favorite schools actually, met Lou Holtz when I was on a recruiting mm -hmm. trip, too. and he said, you won't make it here academically, good luck. And they still say that, they actually care about mm -hmm. grades, one of the few. But what's your best advice being a father of athletes yourself and dealing with training and recruiting and, and just dealing with coaches, what do you think is like maybe your recipe, three steps to success if there is one? Well, I mean, when we played, and I, I don't see it being any different, although I can see interpretations of it being differently now. Uh, my dad, I was always raised with get the education, as I said before, because you don't know when your career is going to be over, especially when you get you know, coming out of college. You don't even know if you're going to make it. And uh, But now there's so many people that, that think they're going to, and again, their support system, too, says you're going to do this. So, you know, do your workouts, do your running, do all this. Um, before you do the studying, and I, I just, I, I think if I think if people realized how much, how many guys try and don't make it, yeah, um, and how much money they have left when they're after the year or their two years, I, I think people would pay attention to it more. But unfortunately, so many people are are blowing smoke uh, to them that that they're being told, "You're the guy. You're going to be the guy." Oh. And and they they start planning their life around that. Yeah, yeah been entitled from the beginning. Yeah, um, it still comes back to what we were saying with your first question about whether you limit the kid. 
and specialized. Mm -hmm. I, I, I still think the more you don't live your life in a bubble, whether it's a training bubble or mm -hmm. a small world bubble, the more you expose them to meet other things. You have, that's why the point you made about the alumni is so interesting. The same way you should bring people into a, like a cancer ward and show them mm -hmm. not to smoke mm -hmm. is let them have an honest conversation with guys that said, you know, I made a movement million bucks and I lost it all. Yeah. And balance that out with the unbridled optimism of you can do anything and you're invincible. That doesn't last, you know, yeah. forever. And it's, a, it's a great point. I, you, you have an opportunity and there's a, got a lot of great guys in Cleveland that, yeah. uh, that have been through a lot and know how to, wouldn't know how to, to help. But then again, when you're, when you're trying to help somebody, they've got to be willing to listen right. too. So unfortunately, the, and even when we were young guys coming in, come on, listen, we're smarter than everybody else. 1982, my first year with the Browns, we went on a strike, and I was just like, dude, I just got here. <laughs> Coach, I want to play. Yeah. So did you cross in? You cross in no, no, no I, 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 I stayed because I didn't want to get beaten up. But, um, you know, and plus I was, you know, part of the team, and the team did that. But, but you know, we found out that it was about that the older guys wanted some extra, you know, the, the alumni wanted some extra money or something in their pensions or, or actually wanted a pension. And we were just like, oh, come on, dude, you know, we want to play football. Quit begging for more money. You had your time. And at the time, you were this punk kid. No, I, I just want to play. Now, look makes now. Sense, yeah. Every time they come out with a new collective bargaining agreement and they say, oh, yeah, the last thing they talked about was, you know, pension increases. You go, what? Why are we the last thing? And unfortunately, it never gets looked at as as the NFL as a whole. You know, I watched a, a few years back a book came out. It was well, book videos, 75th anniversary of the NFL. And I went back, and it was in book form, and I read through the whole thing. And okay, I looked at a lot of pictures too. Um, but it was, you know, it gave you a sense of feeling like you're you're part of something bigger than just yourself. I mean, that's the way I played at Notre Dame, too. I mean, one day I was walking across campus and I went, I walked past the Rockney Memorial. I'm like, oh my God, you know, yeah. I'm playing the same place where Newt Rockney played. And it just made you feel, I don't know, made me feel proud that I was part of something big. And unfortunately, you watch guys play today and it seems almost like it's become a very individualistic, as you were kind of leading to before, you're losing, you've lost every game, you get a sack, and you're jumping up and down like you just cured cancer. Right. Um, and, <laughs> and it's just, plus you also, when, when we did something good, you know, we jumped up and we grabbed each other and you know, said, let's go. And now guys are almost maiming their teammates so, to try to get away from them so they can get out in the open and, and face the camera and go, <laughs> yeah. so uh, it's, just, it's just a very individ individualistic. Is it wrong? In my opinion, it is, but it's what it is for these guys, so that's what they deal with. I think fantasy sports have eroded at the team concept. That's a good point. Cause yeah, because the colors, the stripes, the Rockney tradition, mm -hmm. the college tradition, you were part of something that fabric held you together. Yeah. Now you've got everybody sitting in the stands on their phone, and who cares what the team is doing yeah. because the guy that on your back has got six points for you, so you're not rooting the way you used yeah. to. I think a part of it also is, uh, and as much as it, it has helped some people, it's hurt others, uh, when free agency came in in 87, uh, the plan B and that initially right. went to the whole thing. You know, we had guys at the time who would, uh, they, they traded free agency for a salary cap. 
and so we had a lot of guys that were young stars coming up who made a lot. We had old veterans who were stars, and they were so the guys that had played four, five, six years and were just starting to come into their own and were going to start getting a good paycheck, they were cut because there was you had paid too much to the outside, and that was just the way it had to be. So you started first off started seeing that your backups were. Your, your, your bench wasn't as complete as it should be because you've got young guys and old guys. And it just seemed to me that, that with, the, with the free agency, and it, and it came out to the fact that you, people sit there and they'll look at the camera and say, yeah, I can't wait, uh, I, I'm so excited to play for the, the Cleveland Browns, and in their mind they're thinking, you know, when my contract's up, I'm going out to L.A. You know, they're thinking that. They're yeah. not saying it, but yeah. it's, and, and I think they see, they plan out their future. Well, they got here. I mean, I didn't. I didn't expect to get cut by the Patriots. I thought I was going to play there for 20 years. But when I came here, my goal wasn't play here for a few years, go out and do Saved by the Bell. It was I want to finish my career playing football here. And and now the mentality again, is it wrong or is it just the way they think today? They don't. They they didn't have the idea of being a team, a team team, like we did. The seven years I was here, I'd say nine of the guys on defense were there, were on the team every year. And so, you know, we knew each other, we knew families, you know, right. we had taken, you know, sat in the hospital with kids, you know, with the other teammates' kids, and, you know, it was just a, a much closer connection than it was. I think some the of the guilt stems from agents and, you know, we got that, that balancing act of brand. You, know, you, you are bastards. a brand. But, you, but it is, I mean, it yeah. is a business, it's a brand. And you got to get the money because mm -hmm. you're risking your life out there. I don't care what anybody says. Yeah. You know, neck injuries. Uh, I mean, it's brutal. It's a brutal game. Yeah. And at some point, it's probably going to be where you don't touch each other. It's going to be virtual. Mm -hmm. But um, you've got to get your money, and, and that's why yeah. you're there. I mean, at the end of the day, that's why the business, the guy owns a team. And yeah. so it's about money. It's business, and that's what it is what it is. Yeah. So yeah. as an agent, you're always saying brand, brand, brand. Yeah. But you got to balance that. You know, you're 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 also a, an employee, and in mm. today's generation coming up, there's no way. And, it, it, and as much as I complain about about <clears throat> it, I realize. I mean, I'm not stupid. To, uh, I I know that this is the way it is now, mm -hmm. and I I compare it to the way it was for us, and why things were better for us in our situation. But th it's different. I mean, branding individual players is important, and it's just the, the nature of the beast now. So. You know, I guess ultimately you don't have to listen to me. Listen to these guys because they know how to. You know, the people that work in it now know how to negotiate the current, uh, the current situation. I mean, I think the guys deserve it. You're a good player. You're visible. You should. You should capitalize. Yeah. Them. Why not? I, Everybody else is. I just missed the. I just missed the time of being so committed to your team. I mean. When I played for the Browns, it felt the same as me playing for Notre Dame. Like I was, I was part of something. Do you think, as much as things have evolved almost at the speed of light, to the detriment of the things that we're lamenting are being lost? Mm -hmm. How much more is that going to change when it's not even an American game anymore? When you've got a team in Barcelona and yeah. London, oh yeah, it's going there. For sure. And when that happens, then how important is any high school kid? Yeah, I uh, first off, they've been trying to do that for years. The uh, NFL Europe, they tried right. to do that. I'm actually an honorary member of the Milan Bulls, I think they are. Milan, Italy. I've never been there, but I plan to go during Fashion Week. <laughs> so, uh, you know, kind of do both at the right. same time. You know. 
Are you going to wear the Saved by the Bell outfit? I'm going to wear the Saved by the Bell, yeah, something Screech gave me uh, for my birthday. Throw the hair out, throw back. But, um, yeah, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, I hope it doesn't go global. Uh, and I think the one, big, the one big sticking point, first off, is that when you go overseas, I, I think it's still kind of a... It's it's something that they get excited for briefly, but do you do you maintain a fan right. base over there? And secondly, you know what are you going to do? You're going to you're going to schedule your West Coast guys never to play the guys in Europe. I mean, it's travel is going to be relentless, right? And so it makes it difficult. And I tell you, I, I just I hate the idea that it's becoming it it would become more than than just an American game. I mean, it was. We, we watch soccer being played across the world. We watch all these other, even baseball, played all over the place. And football, it, it was purely American. I mean, we, we did it here. We made it here in, in Ohio, yep. and down in the Canton area. And it's just, it was it's something. And to take that away, I understand I, I, you can't change progress. And if you see a market that's going to bring you more money and do all that stuff, you're going to go for it. But I don't know. I don't. I, I don't know that it'll work. They've been trying to do that for years. In fact, one of the years I was with uh, with the Browns, we were actually went to London. Mm -hmm. uh, we actually went to Stringfellows. Um, that was a bar in London. We didn't really <laughs> see London that much. Um, and when I was with the Raiders, we went to Tokyo, and a bunch of kids out there wearing helmets and stuff running around, and and uh, and we taught them how to do everything wrong. So they'd be no good at it. Yeah, no good. Right before the play, take your helmet off. And of course, they'd bring down, they'd bring sumo wrestlers down. Yeah, yeah. And me. But you know, there's people like it, but is there, you know, is there a market? I guess they'll find out. I know we have to wrap up because you've got to get to Akron for your show. Piss off some people, right? Yeah, plan Say something. Oh yeah, good stuff. They don't call in. A bunch of chops. You know where to find me. So yeah, you're right quick. in my neighborhood. We got to grab dinner with, with okay. get together since, and I won't do it LinkedIn. I'll just call you or something. We'll okay. figure it out. Yeah. But I just texted you so you have my number. Finally. Mm. Jeez. I don't know. You All week. Just, this All week. this was the most time I spent on LinkedIn ever. That's good. Every yeah, once I'm every six months I'd look in and go, okay, who's messaged me? Uh, nobody. What if I you miss? <laughs> what if you miss some big deals that they want to do? Saved by the Bell three or something, and you might be missing out. Well, you know, I figure at that point I'll hear it on Jimmy Kimmel's show. <laughs> Jimmy Kimmel. I used to tell people if you ever get a text from me, somebody stole my phone. <laughs> yeah, you're bad too. That's me and Devin. Yeah, really, you're bad. Yeah. But if I miss out on text, my wife reminds me that my phone works because I get texts all the time on that. Yeah. And my wife always says to me, "You never answer your phone," and I'm like, "God, did she find out?" Um, <laughs> I always say, "No, I was on the line with an important person." Hey, unbelievable. Last question. What would you change without indicting yourself, but looking back as a young high school athlete and without what, him indicting me too? Well he will get you off. I'm the I mean, defense. Yeah, okay, yeah, that's right. And, yeah. And you're not gonna look for a contract with a team, so we can't help you there. But unless we say unless we size down the field to like half court, you know, then playing, I might be able to come back. Playing? Yeah, no, maybe okay. a quarter. Um what, looking back and going through this process as a, as a star high school player going to college, going pro, what what would you fix about your mentality of that process or some decisions you made without maybe going too far because we don't want you to... Yeah. I would have... I would have... I probably would have worked out more. 
Um, we didn't really have a, a weight room per se. Uh, uh, we had weights in a room in Notre Dame, but we didn't really have a weight room. You know, nowadays they're spending a bazillion dollars on these things. Yeah. And they actually, I mean, think about it. These guys actually have to have matching plates to put on their bars. I mean, what the heck, come on. Sometimes we used to, we used to go, when we did leg press, we ran out of plates, so we used to put guys on top. Go yeah. sit up there, how much you weigh? Wow. And put them up there and just you know, do stuff, and they go, it's like a ride. Yeah. And um, maybe worked out more, but other than that, I wouldn't have changed anything. I, I mean, I would have, I would have, I would have played, I would have played football, I would have wrestled. I mean, like I said, I, I, the wrestling was so good that I did it in college too, yeah. uh, while I was playing at Notre Dame. And I, I think that everything you do brings something to you. And if, if something happens, then it, it's going to happen. I mean, right. you, can't, you can't play in a bubble. And, I mean, it's, it's just, you're, you're not going to get you may get money out of it, but you're not getting you're not going to get full enjoyment out of it. I mean, I see guys, you know, they get nicked and they're take me out, take me out, and we we were we didn't want to come out. No, it, you know, yeah, it's, it's my position. I'm not letting anybody else play this. Yeah, and you'd lie and say you're fine, and meanwhile yeah. you see, the, remember the vibration, the guy mm -hmm. in the middle vibrating. You see yeah. two players of the same guy. You definitely know you got. We had those, we had those uh, ammonia capsules. Yeah, uh, it's and, yeah. <sighs> I'm ready to go. Yeah, it's it's different. And there's a lot of legalities. And yeah, I wouldn't have changed. I wouldn't have changed anything. I, I, maybe I would have got that car from Michigan State, but yeah, that's a whole different. <laughs> yeah. Where's what's the radio? I mean, are you guys um, pretty syndicated, or I know you're from no. Akron, or no, we're local. local. We're local only. I love it. Uh, I've done I've done sports talk for after I got done with Saved by the Bell for like a dozen years, and. We spent about half the time local out in LA and and uh, half the time syndicated. Mm -hmm. And you know, you got 420 stations and you're talking to pretty much everybody, but you know, you're all over the place. Uh, lo local, sh local shows, you get to, you get a flavor, yeah. Right. I mean, I, every time I, when I, when I played and when I did, uh, I worked for NBC doing NFL games for a while. Every time I went to a city, first thing I did, throw my stuff down and I'd turn on the radio and I would go through the AM looking for a, a local talk show. Smart. Because it gave you a feel for what the people were thinking there. And it just, it, it was comfortable and it was like this, I don't know, it's not like it's Garrison Keeler, you know. And I used to do the same thing as really? a comic when I go to a different city is turn on AM and listen to their talk radio. To find out what's going yeah. on in town. Yeah, it's just with a comfortable feeling, yep. and I've, so I've always liked the idea of a local show, and that's why I love, I love what we're doing over at uh, WNIR. That's awesome. One hundred point one FM. See, there's the plug. Who's the better goer, Mike or Bob? Well, I was the first one. First is always he's better. He's riding. I think he's gonna I, I, with Junior and doing some other. I, I, Greeny, I'm a little. I watch it every morning yeah. or listen to it. I, I, I yeah. try to, but it just doesn't feel right when I look at him. I just gotta go. Uh, okay. Yeah. And then, when your brother talks, I go, okay, I got it. He's been there, done it. Yeah. So it's yeah. I just Greeny. I think I think my brother Mike knows very good at what he does and knows what he's doing. Yeah. Uh, but I think and I think one of the greatest things that that he got was was Mike Greenberg. Um, every time my first my first syndicated show when Fox Sports Radio came out, and it was me and Chris Myers, and uh, and we did this radio and it was so basically it was supposed to be. A setup guy, yeah. and an analyst, but 
you know, Chris, I think, saw it as wanted to be more of an analyst, too. He wanted to be an input more. When you look at Greeny, Greeny is a setup guy. He'll throw in his two cents, but yeah. he sets things up for other guys. And, and you always know what you're talking about when you're going to commercial, when you're coming back, you know what you're set up to do. We just kind of were winging it, you know, just kind of throwing it back and forth to each other. But um, but we had fun doing it. So, so but, but at the point was Greenberg, I think, a setup guy like that is, is really important if you want to be that successful. Well, what, what you be my setup guy. There you go. That's it. We're good. I, got I, I guess I still haven't haven't said who's better. No, you don't want to answer. What do you think? What's what sweet? What's sweet? Yeah. Okay. I appreciate your time. Great pleasure. I pleasure. Mean, it's lovely having you on and growing up and watching and remembering good football as a young yeah. man. And I appreciate your time greatly. And, and you know, thirty years ago, when they used to have cartoons on Saturday morning, I wouldn't have been here. Yeah, see, you wouldn't have been alive. Yeah, no, we used to have we used to have cartoons on the, on on Saturday morning. I remember them. that was the only time we could see cartoons. We had cartoons before school, and I missed my boss sometimes because I watched. I remember when they used to show them before the movie started. Oh, in the yeah. theater, you yeah. go to the theater still? Oh, that's right. You still go to the theater? Yeah. I go to the one in Cleveland Heights where I grew up, where you can have wine and watch the movie. Only I've one seen in the those. It's a great I've theater. Seen those. Great yeah. place. My grandmother used to tell me when I was your age. Movies were just a quarter, and I tell her grandma the movies I go to. They're still a quarter. <laughs> wow! Yeah, nothing worse than dropping your beer bottle and having listened to it roll down the down the seats. Because pretty much they didn't sell beer bottles there. Yeah, we were young. We in, yeah. were young and stupid, and we did we did things that you kids should never do. Well, they get caught. You can't do social it media because oh, yeah. they can't do it. Yeah. It's not yeah. that they're worse. Mm -hmm. It's just there's more ways to get caught. Yeah. So, yep. awesome guys. Appreciate everybody that did tune in Thanks. live and Michael Chiselka. It was lovely to see Thank you. Thank you, sir. I'm sure we'll be. Uh, we're going to connect. Cigars? Nothing. I mean, you didn't. You didn't answer. I, you know, I when I was up when I was Nutri Fit Shake something. No, kidding me. I'm I'm as good as I'm going to get. Um, <laughs> the uh, when I was out in L.A., we we actually belonged to the Beverly Hills Cigar Club. Oh, sounds good. We, and it was. We went in. They had a whole room that was a humidor. And they had boxes all over the place, and you just everybody would rent a box, and you'd go there, and they'd be trading Cubans for Dominicans and things like that. Let's and, go. and I just pretty much said, "Okay," because I, I mean I love the smell of cigars. I just hate the taste in the morning. <laughs> in the morning. In the morning. Yeah. You wake up and you're like, yeah, hell. It, it doesn't matter if you brush your teeth a million times. It's doesn't matter. Yep. Doesn't matter. The smell at night is fine. All right, big guys. Um, we don't want you to be late. We're gonna make show. this guy late. Exactly. Beautiful show, <laughs> fun. Don't want you to be late. Pleasure. Appreciate it. Thank I'll reach out to you. Um, not okay. today. And then we'll. Uh, okay. We'll yeah. Let me rest. I'm, we all burned out. Yeah. yeah. And I've got to go attack the other side. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome though, because I get tired of talking about sports. To be honest, sometimes. Come on, sometime. We'll, we'll do oh, it. Not I, we I, I, sometime. I I did trip at Hooli with Cribs because we do a camp every year. Right. And then I called in, and I'm like, okay. When I was younger, I couldn't stand trip. Mm -hmm. I'm like, this guy is crazy. And now that I'm older, and I look at things from that perspective. Mm -hmm. You go, you know what? My dad was right. Yeah. They're right. And now with, we're so divided because the media is forcing it. Yeah. Like, I catch myself going, is this person looking at me weird? Or It's just sad because being an athlete, you just loved each other. Yeah. You never even. I remember playing and looking at guys, and it, it was never. And that's what's upsetting about this. Then getting back to the kneeling thing, it's just frustrating that that the camaraderie that everybody has is being infringed upon by 
Yeah, by this because the guys that are kneeling are Black, kneeling. White, the guys that yeah. aren't the guys that aren't kneeling are they're putting up with it. Right. You know, they're putting their hand on their shoulder, trying to do something, but it's still, you know, why are you doing this? You know, yeah. it's, a, it's a it. tough thing. I would do it. No. I would stand and yeah. say I'm done. I would, I would walk behind a player and I would lift him up. I would hold him up um, until, of course, he swung at me. And then I'd put him back down. <laughs> well, when the Villa Rueva, she's a Steeler fan, and that's why we I like, put them along. all down. We don't get yeah. along. Um, they, when he went out, I mean, this guy has been through it. He served our country, mm -hmm. and then he did what was close to his heart. And then he apologized later. I was so mad. I said, "I'm done. A lot of I'm people, done." A lot I was of people angry. were mad about that. I was angry. That's Army why I got Ra angry. Army Ranger, and he talked about, and and we thought it was that was the reason. And he came out and said it was all because he he got stuck outside, and I that it hurt. No, he didn't. A lot of veterans on my show. Listen, a lot of veterans were were pretty upset. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in to the Athletic Scholarship Corporation Radio Network. Heard worldwide on www.athleticscholarshipcorp.com. Be sure to tune in next week for more college recruiting help, training advice, motivation, and more from pro athletes, coaches, celebrities, and entrepreneurs worldwide.